You're listening to Beauty, Strength, and Dominance, the official podcast of Lingerie Fighting Championships. And now, here's your host, Michael Lutkin! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of Beauty, Strength, and Dominance, the official LFC Lingerie Fighting Championships podcast. My name is Mike Larkin, and joining me today, oh, it's it's one of my dear friends. It's someone who's just such a beautiful person and a beautiful spirit. The one and only, one of my favorite valets, Foxy, Foxy. Foxy, it's a pleasure and a privilege. How are you? I'm doing well, and you? I am good. First and foremost, folks, if you guys want to check out my last show with Foxy on my On the Mic with Mike series, go back. It's on the YouTube link will be in the description. So here we are, part two, like our confessions. And no, I'm not talking about Usher. I'm talking about a great ass podcast, man. So here you are before we even get into the LFC stuff. Happy birthday. 41. Looks not just good, but great on you, Foxy. You <laughs> yeah, I, I think I... I peaked at 19 when I was in wrestling and then it just stopped aging because like that's all I ever hear they're like you haven't changed I'm like I know it's weird <laughs> well that's the thing too it's a beauty of life you know we constantly learn we constantly grow and we adapt but I think as long as I've known you man you've just always been this free spirit that little goth queen that you are now you got your little hippie vibes with your little you know flowers on top of your head mm-hmm. looking like, like, <laughs> see your gypsy you know you got a little you got more elements to you Yes, I do. I'm, I'm a little bit of everything, all like mashed together. <laughs> Absolutely. And first of all, as well, besides happy birthday, welcome back to the valet scene. Now, again, first time I ever saw you was 06, you and Scampy doing the thing at the New York Wrestling Connection. So for you, how's it feel back, just getting back in there, the importance of the role of the valet? Because you're back, man. Yeah, I am. It's uh, It's surreal is the best word, because I didn't think I would do it again. You know, never say never, and I never did say never. But like uh, Cade, who I'm managing now, he was bugging me for a couple months, and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do it. And then it became maybe, and then it became, uh, all right, I'll do like a show a month. Uh, yeah, now I'm like booked every weekend. <laughs> uh, but no, it's been a surreal thing because everything about indie wrestling is so different, and the way that I am treated now is so different from back then like completely different because some people know who I am or know who I was so they treat me like this like I hate to say the word but legends <laughs> it's like okay thanks and other people they just treat me with you know respect and are open up are open to hearing my ideas and it's really strange because like that wasn't so big back then (laughs) well i mean i look at what you posted on your tiktok which by the way a lot of great content for foxy on the tiktok give foxy on the tickety talk but you posted this evolution from like 96 and then here's like 99 to 2001 as some would deem it like the golden age of indie wrestling into the mid 2000s it's interesting just to see your evolution and your growth and like you mentioned like the habits that we would see in the locker room are just forefront to where we are now it's more it's open-minded it's more Mm -hmm. based everybody wants to you know accumulate which and just discuss ideas it's really a breath of fresh air than what we used to have back in those days oh absolutely like 
um, if anyone does check that out, I'm at, I'm at uh, Viva Foxy Foxy on TikTok. And like, just, just like look wise, you know, back then it was all, you know, based on appearance and looks and, you know, spots were more sexual in nature. Like, you know, back then it was, oh, you're going to, you're just going to clip a leg and, oh, you're going to get spanked. And it's like, cool. Awesome. Whereas, you know, as things evolved, it became, okay, you're going to do some more spots in the ring. But even that was, you know, few and far between because a lot of guys didn't want to do moves with or against a female. They didn't want to look weak. Whereas now, you know, women's wrestling is respected. Women who are trained are respected. And not everything is overly sexualized anymore. Like you could still look gorgeous and still look sexy but be a badass and they're more open-minded so yeah sure let's do a spot together or yeah I, I don't mind taking a move from you like there's so much less ego when it comes down to these things and again the respect for the women and what we've done is highly regarded now and it's again it's a completely different universe for me considering I came from that time, you know, the attitude era and the ruthless aggression era where it was, you know, bikini contests and evening gown matches to now it's like, yeah, you're going to do a spot in the ring. Definitely. I'm like, Oh, cool. <laughs> I think what I've always liked about it now, mind you, like I go back, like we mentioned many a times, but I think it's very apparent to the folks here in the evolution here, like Oh five Oh six. I was like 13, 14. I was still in middle school going to the deer park community center, which Oh, good times. But I will always say this, like seeing how you were then to where you are now, like you always played your role great. And I always love this because I talk about the representation of your presentation. So you <laughs> being the ballet for Scampi, doing your thing with your husband, Damian Dragon, doing what you're doing now with Cade LeBrock, who we'll talk about here because Cade mm -hmm. LeBrock, NYWC veteran in his own right, amazing talent on the independent scene. That dude, number one, looks great. And number two, dude is busting his ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I look at it from a stance too as well, like his character development from where he was to where he is now also really stands out. And I think you actually posted a photo. There was like an old photo of you two. And I'm going to say this right now. Y'all look like a bunch of extras in like a My Chemical Romance video. I felt like I was watching Helena taking it back to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we, we, uh, we were in the black circle. Uh, yes. And you see, it was very short, very short lived for me being part of that group before I left. And you know, we meshed so well together and we always wanted to do more together. So when he approached me, you know, even though I said no the first time, it was like, mm, well, maybe, I mean, this would be kind of cool. We get to do what we've always wanted to do. So just coming back together and doing everything, it was like riding a bike because I knew how he worked. And even though I wasn't doing this for about 12 years, I kept up with him and what he was doing. I kept up with watching my friends on YouTube and Facebook. So it was just a perfect matching again. And our, like I said, our own little evolution, like we look like children. Yep. Back then, we looked like kids, and now it's like we're full grown-ass adults, even though we're still kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best analogy for it. I mean, we all, I mean, as Rod Stewart once sang, we're all free ever young, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm mean, looking at it from a stance, too, as well, like the importance of the valet. Like, I think you have always been that valet. Like, you look at the terms of Miss Elizabeth back in the day. Like, I always talk about each and every, like, we I mentioned representation of your presentation. Here we are, no matter what port you are of the show, whether it be valet, ring announcer, everybody has an important role to fill when it mm -hmm. comes to the presentation of the show. So I think the valet is one of the things I've always respected because there needs to be more managerial roles in professional wrestling. Yes, I agree. Especially now managers are uh, so rare 
especially women. I, I think I think that when it came to women in wrestling wanting the respect, especially in the indie scene, there was a pressure to just become wrestlers, you know, whereas there are so many other roles that we can take that are just as equally as important. But the thing is, you know, they were almost like sabotaged because, mm-hmm. you know, you think of a valet, you think of a manager, you think hypersexuality, stupid little spots, you know? And again, I think a lot of women felt pressured where if they wanted to be taken seriously in this business, they felt they had to wrestle. But again, there's so many other role, managerial roles are just as important to a wrestler as the wrestler itself, you know, refereeing, ring announcing. There are so many different parts that they could do and still gain that respect. And it's starting to finally like blossom out. Like there are more women refs now. There are more women ring announcers or backstage commentators. And, you know, managing as far as a female goes is starting to pick back up. Like I've met this awesome girl, so young, so sweet. I'm trying to like mentor her. Uh, She works up in like the Connecticut and a little bit of the upstate New York area, Gemma. And she's just all about wanting to manage and to learn. So anytime I see her, I'm like, girl, pick my brain. Here's what you can do. Here's, you know, it's, it's starting again because managers are needed. Very needed. (laughs) Let's say if you're the mentor for this young lady, she's in good hands. Number one. And number two, what I've always appreciated Miss Foxy Fox is you do always have the mind for it. And and I mean this with the utmost sincerity and respect, like your mind, your, your mind, like we've talked about this on the last show. Uh, we were talking about storylines and we were talking about old school wrestling and slow it down. Like a lot of us have that same mindset, not just fans and people involved, but it's just like, we see how professional wrestling has evolved, but also at the same time, we want everybody to keep it safe and make it spectacular at the same time. So there's a lot of increments and nuances and intricacies that goes into being a character, being a valet or what have you. That really is one of the basics of professional wrestling. Absolutely. And it's not, everyone thinks you could just do it and you can't. Mm-hmm. I've been across the ring from people that were like, yeah, I'm going to manage. And that's it. It's like, no, there, there are things you need to learn things I picked up on my own. Cause nobody really taught me, but there are things that you do need to learn as a manager, aside from generic training, you should still go to training, but there are all these little nuances that aren't taught. So literally not everybody can be a manager at all. Cause I've seen the worst of them and i've seen the best of them and again anybody thinks they can do it you can't that's the issue too and what i love about it too is like there are some people and i've always hated this statement we'll go into this so they look at pro wrestling and it's like you would see in the media like when any wrestler death would happen or if there's a story a big story about professional wrestling it's always looked like oh god it's just those wrestlers i'm like no it's like again going into it like the training like what you have to see the drop down tackle down how what you see in the basic training that's stuff that's needed and i mean i look at a guy like logan paul and people say what they will about logan paul or the bad bunnies of the world those guys work their butt off at wrestlemania now roman's doing it against logan paul in saudi arabia but i'm like Mm -hmm. my god that's the right way to go about it like i don't care what you think of that personality with what they do here but if you're gonna go into professional wrestling no matter where you are in the outside world if you take it fucking seriously excuse my language but if you take it fucking seriously then mm-hmm. you're and you're opening up to you know expand your horizons absolutely it's all in you got to go for broke yep. <laughs> absolutely and i mean I one of the uh, promotions that I do and i've talked about this on podcasts the capital championship wrestling is up and coming in delaware like they have kylan mm-hmm. King. 
the Renegade Twins and many of the talents that we've seen on AEW Dark. Like I look at a promotion like that, I'm like, God dang it, that's the right way to do it. Here's introducing these ladies. Here's some storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I think you can agree with me like this. Like back in 05, like the like the other independent scene besides like women athletes on independent shows like when ROH would have like the shimmer matches on there like you would see like a Sarah Del Rey against the Daisy Hayes and you would see like a rain on there it's like okay Mm -hmm. I have this little I have this little match here but it's like god dang man I want more so just to see where that placement on the card and where we are now oh my god another breath of fresh air absolutely I absolutely agree with that we went from like you know five minute one shot type things to you know sometimes two or three four segments you know or just general involvement you know even if it's just backgrounds like we exist now (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and i equate this too so we'll get into lfc now we'll come back wrestling like i said Mm -hmm. we do what we do our thing here but fighting championship it's a little bit of mma it's a little bit of wrestling it's a little bit of clothing what i've always appreciated about it too and yes there's the sex appeal side but what i always say is i think you can agree there's layers to everything there's layers of how you want to do it intricacies nuances so lfc provides you like that sex appeal asset yes the lingerie the l part but what i also i think you can agree with me on this sex sells number one but number two also showcasing them an empowering figure and empowering role there's also body positivity there's body confidence here like that is a recipe for success i mean you look at the lfl at the lingerie football league and for those that remember mtv2 hello with those Mm -hmm. games summer ray came from there it's just like badass women kicking ass and taking names on the football field but looking good so i mean i think you have to have a lot of layers to what you're doing if that makes sense oh no i i I definitely definitely agree because i know it's it's just a fact sex does sell yeah there's there's no doubt about it you know but you know the layers to it are always there like you know for example like with what i do now you know i would consider what the things that i wear and how i showcase myself is more modest however with the confidence that i put out there it, it can't help but come off as empowered and sexy in a way you know because there's different levels to what people see as again, sexy or not sexy. Some people love, you know, the badass girl in the lingerie, but that same exact vibe can be given to the badass girl wearing, you know, the long ass maxi skirt. Like I do like my, my whole Stevie Nicks thing. It's, it's all how you present it, you know? Absolutely. And you see, I, I'll be honest with you, but well, we'll get to Stevie Nicks here briefly. So I have, a little, <laughs> I have a little bit of bias towards this because my mother, love her to death, my hero. This is why I do what I do for the women's talent here. But here's the thing. My mom used to have like those long black dresses like Stevie Nicks used to wear. And she used to have the curled up hair like Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. So just like I can respect that because she was such a polarizing figure. I mean, we still see it now with that dude with dreams on TikTok and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, polarizing figure, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the thing too, like, like you mentioned, it's, it's so funny. Like we talk about the sex appeal side of things with women and sex sells like back in the day. I mean, we've touched upon this before, but when you would have the girls gone wild during like the raw commercials and like, that was like stuff that was popular at the time. And then, I mean, there was so many like wrestling promotions that like incorporate like adult theme stuff, like women's erotic wrestling, like that yeah. stuff sold and it catered to an audience. So, I mean, stuff that we don't see now that we saw back in the day, like I understand why people like were moving towards it and I get it. Like I fully get it as to you, but it's like at that particular time period, that was the market, you know what I'm saying? So you also appealing to that particular market. Absolutely. I mean, Back then, I didn't want to appeal to that market, right. but more so because I was a child. I was like, I'm 
18. I don't want to do that. Like I knew I'd have to eventually, but you know, I ended up doing it anyway, but it's true. You have to follow what the market is providing. And if that's what it is, you know, but if you're smart, you'll use it to your advantage. You know, you'll, you'll, yeah, I'm going to follow the market, but I'm still going to march to the beat of my own drum. That way it counterbalances in a way. Agreed. And I think with what we have going on now with LFC, like there's so many wrestlers that get involved. There's people from MMA get involved. And I like that the companies kind of coincide. Like I can equate it to professional wrestling MMA. There's so many different markets and there's so many different relationships that coincide. Like I love the fact I'll give a prime example, bare knuckle fighting championship, Ty Emery who transitioned from the LFL and did what she did from the modeling game and did her thing in bare knuckle fighting championship. It was all the rage in the news. Cause after the fight, she actually flashed the audience. And I, I mean, something that we've never seen before, but also had that sex element of just her being her. And I think what's great about that too, as well is like at the end of the day, if you're not amplifying yourself, but also at the same time being you with your character and how you really yourself and i mean that that's just a winning recipe in its own right man absolutely absolutely agree on that and i mean i mean for you like we get to see a lot of women like we were talking about different talents here i'm gonna put a name out here for the women's wrestling side of things willow nightingale who has done her thing in nywc on all over the place just became all elite like i'll be honest Mm -hmm. papa don do his thing on um, dark it's just like it's amazing to see some of our people that we know from the northeast side of things if you will just finally getting those opportunities right Oh God, it was. And she's been doing so many things with AEW that I'm like, why haven't they just done it already? And then when I saw, you know, the little graphic, finally, I'm like, about fucking time. It's about fucking time. Oh, great. And it's so funny. Like I know Rex Lawless did his thing on dark and there's some of the NYWC alumni. I know Rex did a match with beer on raw, like for the women's side of things, it's like, God dang, like you have so many people there. And I know with the new regime at the WWE triple H in charge, we're going to see some of those talents slowly coming back. And it's kind of like putting the old reset button from the mm-hmm. previous regime. Like for you, how amazing is that to see? Cause they're now focusing not just on this, what we have this particular vision, but the vision is now, okay, let's go back to a one-on-one. Here's some storytelling. Here's some badass wrestling and everything will come into fold as it should i think that's kind of a great way to look at it it's perfect storytelling all coming back with full mm-hmm. yeah it, it's refreshing it's absolutely refreshing because don't get me wrong it, it is great to see like a one-off great fucking match you know that the athleticism of it and you know just what they can do together and having you know two guys or two women just mesh so well that it's magic but it's heightened so much more when you have story with it it is just heightened so much more and in fact that's a thing again when it comes to nxt is it's so very refreshing you get invested more into it you look forward to those matches so much more so well that's the thing too and i what i love about it too as well and i'll be honest i was a little like okay where are we going with the direction of nxt here because you know it has the bright colors and stuff and i'm glad yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because this has been a topic of discussion. What I like about it too is as well, like it's the developmental brand of, okay, like you had your OVWs, your deep South wrestling, your FC. Mm-hmm. We're introducing the new generation and the next generation of what we want. I think women like Cora Jade is killing it. I like Roxanne Perez. I think a lot of the coincision of them going from roster to roster, to roster to learn, but also at the same time, getting their name out there. It's great. And I think I like the fact that we went back to that developmental thing because there's a lot of people like you're still training, but you're also seeing the rise of their characters and where they get to the main roster. So I think the formula is really working for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Plus, you need that as well just to get a feel for what like, you know, tapings yeah. are like, you know, like 
there's so many people, you know, back in the day, you know, just grab a guy, put him in OVW for a little bit and then throw him on TV. But it's like, you need to know the little intricacies of everything. Where's the hard cam, you know, exactly what, you know, what kind of entrance am I having? And NXT is a great place for them to really get accustomed to live television, you know, because otherwise, you know, being on the indie scene or being an OVW, you don't have that per se, you know, like some companies will start doing that, whether there's a hard cam here, like uh, Excite Wrestling, where I work right now, they, they stream live on Twitch. So I've never done anything like that. So just the first two shows alone, it took a lot of getting used to, to like, okay, hard cams here. And there's a cameraman here. So I have, to, when I do something, it has to be here and here. Like you, you don't get taught these things in a wrestling school. <laughs> well, as you, first, well, first and foremost, we're going to put this over here, Miss Excite Pro Wrestling over here with the Excite, the X. It's like, it reminds me of like Hardy Boys. We need the X. We don't need the EX. Extreme or cool. So I like the first Excite Pro Wrestling. Shout out to them. Because first and yes. foremost, I've seen your work there. And my God, man, if there's anything for the Northeast, whether it be New York, New Jersey, what have you, what a doggone promotion, man. I, I got to give them props because it's great to have uh, a promotion out there, man. I love them. I love them so much. Like every time, every, in every little uh, era of my wrestling career, I've always had one company where I felt home and I wasn't sure how that was going to go around this year with my, me coming back, but they, the, the locker room just, they, they took to me so quickly. And I always fear that I, I hate meeting new people. I'm so bad at it. So like I was terrified, but they all welcomed me. And, you know, some, again, some of them knew who I was, some didn't, but even so, like, they, they gave me that respect and everyone there is so warm and welcoming and wonderful. I love them to pieces and I give my all, I give my all to excite. Like I I'll debut new outfits there. I will be like, okay, here's, here's some great spot ideas for several different things. And I'm so I'm all in with them. I love, love, love them. I can't talk about Excite Wrestling enough. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And I mean, for those who have not seen it on Twitch or just in general, you shine there. Everybody shines there. And I think that's, again, the recipe of the professional wrestling company. And all right. Now, for me, I'll be honest, as a, as a New Yorker, and all right, I'm putting my New Yorker out there with Long Island. Like, I was the kid. I remember when you watch professional wrestling like a SmackDown, then you see the commercials for the VPW Hall and Victory Pro Wrestling and stuff. Like, mm. they're still out there. Like, and then you see... MYWC and the Flyers. Now that's also a big part of it. And I always say this to people, like when you get into it, like you, we talk about the training and stuff, but also starting off from like putting out the Flyers, setting up the ring, there's still stuff like that that really does exist to this day that it, as it should mm -hmm. for a lot of the young cats getting in there. And I love the basics because again, what's old is new, what's new is old. But if you don't have the basics, then what the fuck, man? Absolutely. I cannot agree more because I did everything from the bottom up, you know, so I use I go in and I expect to hear the same stories because you you need to know these things. It gives a gives a greater appreciation, you know, for when you are doing your thing or when you know if and when you make it. It's like it, it humbles you, you know. So. No, I hear you. And and, it, and it's funny, like I've heard some stories like it's one of those things, too. And I won't mention the name here, but I remember there was an LFC girl. I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm probably I'm just going to probably lose anyway. And I'm like, all right, wait a minute here. So here's the problem with that analogy and sentence. And I can equate this to wrestling. If you're just going in and then you know what I'm saying, like, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is the finish what we have. And you just have the mentality of I'm going to lose anyway. Here's the issue. You're it takes two to tango. 
You know what I'm saying? To put on that great mm-hmm. story and showcase that talent. If your mindset is I'm just going to lose anyway, then fuck that because you need to go in there. You're also helping this person. You're giving your body, you're giving your sacrifice, you're giving your blood, sweat, and tears. Don't just go in there with that mentality. I'm going to lose because you're also making that person look good. The role of the enhancement talent. We talk about the great roles. So like that stuff that really like irks me because I've heard that so many times because people underestimate the role of the enhancement talent or just what have your position on the card. I mean, I know I went a little that way, but you know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're saying. You know, I've heard, you know, from, from the start till, you know, recently, you know, you hear that, but you hear it in different ways. You hear it in the whole, oh, well, I don't want to look weak or, you know, it's like, it's, it's wrestling. We're here to have fun. It really doesn't matter. It, we're having fucking fun. Yes. No, that was absolutely. <laughs> but no, well, here's the thing too, folks, as you can tell, as we're talking, we're very passionate people about what we do, but also at the same time, you're going to have a couple zilches. I'm going to put that word out. You got a couple zilches out there. Yeah. That don't understand like that. This is a science. This is a craft. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. look, but that's that's the issue that I that that's out there as well. And I'm going to say the social media side of things. I love social media for the plaque that gives you the promotional tool. But then social media just fucking I think you can agree with me. Facebook, Twitter, especially Twitter. It's like, fuck, man, just like everybody just has an opinion. And it's just it's more of this nowadays, Fox. It's more of this. Oh, my God. I know. Especially like Twitter. Twitter is such a cesspool when it comes to that. I, I, I thankfully, I don't get involved. I, I don't care enough to get involved in any of that but i see it on my feed it's like it's hard to articulate into words but it's like why is there so much infighting you guys literally like the same thing just two different parts of it it, it, i don't get it I'll put it into words for you. I'll put it in the bluntest of terms. And I might make you laugh when I say this here, my dear friend, but I'm going to put it like this. It's the fuckery, folks. It is the absolute fuckery. Here's the thing with Twitter. All you have to do is this. And the motion I'm doing is just scroll, scroll. Uh People have to comment and engage. And this is where it comes into fruition. Then people are getting banned and then shit happens. But the issue about it too is as well, like you mentioned, if you, and I'll put this to LFC, if you like LFC, if you like bare knuckle fighting, if you like what have you, wonderful. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has criticisms, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But when you go to like the deaths, I've just wanted to like mollywop a motherfucker for their Mm -hmm. opinions on WWE, AEW. Just enjoy it for what it is. There's such a variety of professional wrestling out there, especially independent pro wrestling. Just fucking enjoy it. I was just going to say, you know, the one good thing about the internet and social media when it does come to wrestling is that there are so many different platforms where it's like, if you don't like something, you could easily find something you do between Twitch streams, live YouTube streams, Fight TV, IWTV. Like, there are so many different avenues to take that it's like, it's not hard to find something that you will like. So just find what you like and enjoy it. Absolutely. And I mean, everybody's out there doing their job, playing the role of whatever it is on said television show and said craft. I'm going to say this once, and I don't think I've ever told you this, but I'm going to put you on here, Miss Foxy Foxy. When I was 13 years old, I'm going to say this right now. I love you to death, but you also, you did your job as the heel man, because when you were with the scamster, I did your guts. I'm going to tell you right now. I Good. 
No, good. Exactly. I know. That's why I had to put that out there. Cause I'm like, God dang, man, as you're a kid, you're just like, okay, it's the heel. But then as I've gotten older and we realize it's like, God damn it. She was good as a heel. And you were like, I fucking hated your guts. And I say that with the utmost sincerity and respect. Like you were so good. It was so good, Fox. Thank you. You know, doing that was actually a little difficult too. Cause at that time, that's when MySpace had just started. Oh. So it was a matter. So it was like, okay, how can this be as believable as possible with social media existing now? So I like even had to manipulate like my entire MySpace page to go along with everything that we were doing because it was like the only way to really have people think, oh shit, this is real. She's a heel. I don't like her. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> First of all, keep a kayfabe alive, number one. But this is like yeah. legit old school ECW when the Sandman got blinded by, by, and he's just, he didn't leave his house. He's all covered. You made it think, oh my God, the Sandman is blind. Like that is the art of it. That's the craft. And first and yeah. foremost, man, you're making me feel old right here with the MySpace talk. My God, woman, we're taking it back to the MySpace. You. Hello. I just turned 20, 41. Don't tell 21. me you feel old. Okay. Hey, I, I'm like, well, I'm 30. I'm going to be catching up to you sooner than later. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, hey, man. <laughs> Coming at me, talking about like I'm the fountain of youth over here. I'm getting there, man. My back's it's all spinal. I feel like Mike Tyson, but no. In all seriousness, in fountain of youth. Anyway, when MySpace back in 05 and 06, let me get back to where my point was, ma'am. The MySpace, the MySpace days of, again, the early introduction to what social media was. And mm-hmm. again, now, mind you, I'm going to say right now, I was not on it, but I did have friends that were on it. Fun times. Could also be a pain, but MySpace, fun times, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that you manipulate someone and you got the MySpace account, somebody taking over it. I love it. Like I said, that's that's keel work right there in the early stages of what we have now with how we use social media for Twitter and Instagram to advance storylines. What I love it. You kind of like revolutionize it in a way almost. Kinda, yeah. Because I mean, I'm I've always been very, very big on kayfabe. Very big on kayfabe. So I mean, again, with the existence of social media, it's kind of hard to do that. Mm-hmm. but I still try to maintain it as much as possible. Like, even though I'm friends on Facebook with like most of the guys in the locker room, some of which we have matches against, like I try my best where it's like, all right, well, this is Veronica <laughs> and this one's Foxy. So I'll do all my other interactions through my public page. And then through my private one, I'll do the rest just to still keep that level. Cause you know, fans they're watching whether or not they friend request you or add you on Instagram, they're still watching. So I still try to maintain that level of, yep, Cade is who I manage. He's my bestie in real life and in wrestling. And, you know, this guy's who we're against. So he, here's hateful stuff against him. And it's like, it's just how I was trained. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that, that's beautiful. And I think a lot of people can learn from that nowadays. And the reason why I put it like that is like the old school vibes like that really do work. And it goes a long way. The best person I could say that right now is, is MJF as one of the ones who's just a student of the game, who just like mm-hmm. piece of shit lives up to the gimmick. Love it. You know what I'm saying? But also at the same time, it's what you need to do. Cause learning that old school mindset and some of the new school mindset, like a lot of stuff, Man, with the social media age, it's just like like what we see. And I'm going to say this right now, not AEW as a whole, but some of the backstage shit right now that's going on, not to get deep into it, but it's just like, come on now. You know what I'm saying? It just, Mm -hmm. I hate that petty bullshit box. I hate it. Yeah, I I don't, I've never been a fan, nor am I a fan of everybody knowing what's going on behind the curtain. Right. It, It shouldn't be 
known. And MJF is like my fucking hero when it comes yep. to social media. Yep. Period. Because so many people, when they want to get into wrestling and be a heel, they want to be a badass, but like still want to be loved by people. They want the Stone Cold Steve Austin effect. And it's like, that doesn't work for everybody. You can't have that. And if you're going to be an asshole in the ring and that's your whole thing, you got to be an asshole. Period. And it also kind of ties into like you were talking about, like separating Veronica from Foxy, Mm -hmm. separating Maxwell from MJF. I think the one time I ever met Maxwell Jacob Friedman and I what I've always liked about him, like I think you could tell from from those that have been around him. Like I met I had one brief interaction when he did some MYWC work. Right. And you could just tell by picking his brain. The man's like a sponge, loves professional wrestling, dedicated to the craft. But then he goes into the ring and he's this. Oh, you friggin virgins over here. You know what I'm saying? I used to play video games, but then what? Yes, what happened? I had sex. That's a great line. Number one. And number two, Mm -hmm. so play to what the general audience in the market is yeah. not making fun of them but there's a lot of people that can relate and correlate to how you're evoking the said emotion yeah absolutely all right and i'm gonna put this out here as well so looking at what we have with just in general and i always equate this so laundry fighting championships has reality series exposed we do events and what we talk about with nxt what i love and i'm gonna make people laugh at this and i might make you laugh at this so the booty camp is what we have for like all right the booty camp, this is why I love these events. The booty camp is the event where we have the veterans of Landre fighting championship go against the yeah. prospects. What I like about that too, as well, it reminds me of NXT in the developmental series because yeah. you can also have the newbies learn from the oldies and then put a damn entertaining card of sex appeal and just going out there and showcasing the craft. That I think is necessary because it also expands from like, here's the main roster. Here's the developmental. Here's the main LFC shows. Here's the developmental sort of LFC mm-hmm. But each and everything serves its purpose. And that's what I look for in anything I do with LFC and especially with podcasting, man. Cause I mean, we've talked about this. Everybody has a podcast nowadays. Let's be completely honest with ourselves. Yes. But yes. you have to have that variety that sticks out and put quality content. So if you want to talk about wrestling, you want to talk about this, you want to talk about that, just make sure that you evoke emotions. And I'm going to say right now, I'm putting it right here. You got to strike that chord, man, and really relate to your audience. Agreed. Agreed. And it's not always easy. Mm-mm. It is not always easy. Like the one thing I was talking to one of the guys at Excite uh, because at Excite currently I am a baby face and he is not. And we were talking about it. And the thing is, is people are starting to like him and you know, he, he wants to stay as a heel and everything. I'm like, look, you might want to strike while the iron's hot. Cause it takes a lot, a lot more for people to like you than to hate you mm-hmm. so well, that kind of goes into like, no you're, you're right and i mean there's like that stuff where like you see like the cool heels are out there and i mean that's awesome mm-hmm. but also at the same time when you just have that general heel heat and people really really hate you that is the art of it as well and i mean look at where the rock started from being that baby face rocky my via you know i'm here with the tassels i'm smiling i'm here i'm madison square garden oh yeah and then he became the rock you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's another transformation. And here's the thing. I'm going to bring this up to you because you and I appreciate the arts as we've talked about here in the Shizzo. But here you are, man. We have Ava Rain. She's a part of the schism now in NXT. And mm-hmm. people have been like, what are they doing with the Rock's daughter? What's going on? I'm like, 
she said four sentences. Like she just came on TV and we're just introducing you of what this character is. It's very cult-like with Joe Gacy and the former grizzled young veterans. Like, I'm like, let's actually let this have legwork and give it a chance. Like she said in the promo, like, I'm not going to be what people expect me to be, which is also like a little backtrack. Like, you know, I'm the rock's daughter, but you know what? This is where I am. I'm Ava Rain. This is mm -hmm. There's intricacies there. And I'm like, people were like outraged that they brought in the rock's daughter as a heel with this cult group. And I'm like, calm the fuck down. It's it's because it's because of the conditioning, if you think about it. I mean, whenever you've had a second generation wrestler come in, they automatically do what their parent did mm -hmm. automatically without question. And she's breaking that mold. Everyone is expecting her to just be the rock's daughter and she's breaking the mold and their conditioning is broken. They're like, oh, no, something different. I don't know how I feel about this, but it's like. No, you kind of have to like for so long my husband and i talk about it a little time how we are not charlotte flair fans okay fair enough R ring in ring yes character we have been waiting for years for her to drop it all and show who charlotte is right not charlotte flair who charlotte is and it's frustrating because it's like you know, Randy Orton can get past it. So can you, you know, and then you have someone like Dominic doing the thing too. And it's like, can be your own people. I get be it. Your own people. Okay. Now you see, you brought up a great point. First of all, this is where I love you and Damien for this. Cause you two are correct. 1000% about Charlotte. Cause it's like, she's got the rope. She's got the woo, but she's not really being Charlotte. She's being Charlotte Flair. Now we're yes. going to talk about this here because people have shit on it because Dominic said on the next generation's Eddie Guerrero. And first of all, he's, he's being a heel. You want that shock vector. He is getting booed out the building. You want that. He's finding himself. And the Rhea Ripley stuff is absolutely amazing because she's another powerful, strong woman. So you encompass this with the judgment day. Who's really pulling the strings in the judgment day. Like there's so many layers out of that people don't get and our people really need to actually follow the bouncing ball. It's like Bray mm -hmm. Wyatt, like Bray Wyatt's multi-generation, but he's steered away from like, you know, the windows yes. and what have you. But here's the thing. What people hated the Firefly Funhouse when it starts, like, oh, my God, what have they done to my cult leader? Because he's like a mixture of evil Steve Burns and mixed with evil Mr. Rogers. And then mm -hmm. it all makes sense when we get to the Fiend, like what he's doing now. I want to see who Uncle Howdy is. I want to see yeah. where we're going here. Like, I love that he could just reinvent himself like that. I think it's wonderful. Absolutely. That falls into instant gratification, too. Like, you know, this generation, they just want, want, want. Give it to me now. Give me the payoff now. And mm -hmm. that's it. God forbid there's a little bit of slow builds to things, you know, the way TV shows do it and movies can't have everything all at once. Right. And like people, here's the thing, like you and I are old school and I'm going to bring this point to you as well. Roman Reigns has had that dog on title for two years now. The man has taken over. He's the head of the table. I'm, I'm hooked. You know what I'm saying? He's mm -hmm. and adding Sami Zayn to it. It's hilarious. So people hate that. Oh, God, when's he going to lose the belt? When's he's going to lose the belt? Mind you, in the 80s, we had guys like Bruno San Martino and Hulk Hogan and all these people holding it for like over a year-ish and all these reigns. And I mean, the, in today's generation, you think back to like 10 years ago with Punk with the 434-day reign. But it's just like, it's so amazing that you don't understand. Like, man, champions used to have reigns that were like two years. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And mm -hmm. nowadays, it's just like, oh, my God, when's he going to lose it? I'm like, well, then you're just completely going off the arc of what the story is supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> ah, 
See, now this is why this is why I love you, Fox. It's it's just it's the overall intricacies and everything that needs to people need to understand the safe and spectacular side of pro wrestling and just any craft that you do. And I will say yeah. this as well. What I love about it, and I'll say this to you with LFC and women's mixed martial arts. So I mentioned that there's wrestlers, there's people have done adult work, but also work out, modeling, what have you. People come from so many different varieties that I love, but they're also learning at the same time and really, you know, kind of seeing where they were here to where I could get from point A, B to C to D. But also here I am, I'm sexy and I'm powering. Layers, mm -hmm. where I take this with you here. So you have that stuff with professional wrestling, like Ronda Rousey came from MMA and boom, here we are in wrestling. People have transitioned, transmogrified and gone back and forth and everything coincides as I'm doing my little, a little, my little slide here. But the thing I'm trying to make point is, I think it's wonderful that we have the outside nuances here coming in and mixing with different companies. I think you can agree with me on that, especially with yes. where they transform. Oh, yes, absolutely. As long as there's the passion and the willingness to learn, absolutely. Now for you, because this came out today and I'm going to ask you, like, I love this. Nakamura is going to be facing the great Muda for Noah and you're having WWE's Nakamura mm -hmm. against the great Muda. Like, makes sense, number one. And number two, having him go against a legend like the great Muda, and I don't even think they're passive cross. So that brings excitement to what is going to be the great Muda's retirement tour. And I think the wonderful working WWE for pro wrestling Noah. You just dropped that news on me now. I didn't know about that. Okay, so all right. Well, now breaking news for you. But um, but um, but um, my breaking little news. Yes. That's amazing. I Nakamura is great, honey. Nakamura is going to be facing Muda. I know. It's so funny. Okay, I'm the only one that didn't know this. Uh, cool. See? Cool. Tell Damien I said hello. That was great. I will. I I didn't know this. I I really haven't been on like much my phone to check anything much today so far. But I didn't know this. That's going to be great. I'm a diehard. I heard Nakamura fan. I love that man so much. Yes. Love him. Oh, well, that's the thing, too, as well. I'm going to bring this as well, because I know he fought of stacks on NXT. Like people were, and here's the other part about it. Oh, my God, Nakamura. He's, he's Kenny Omega, the Japan run. What are they doing, Nakamura? Stacks learned so much just from being in the ring with Nakamura, and they're developing him like that mob gimmick with Tony D'Angelo, the whole nine, the Italian, what's up? Like mm -hmm. that. That adds more to stacks. And that's what I'm saying. It's like people, you don't understand like how that works. And I think Nakamura, you could tell he's having the time of his life where he was with booze and they're doing the air guitar. Like I want to, and Nakamura just did his thing with Hit Row on SmackDown. Like that elevates more to Hit Row. And he's another one that I think with his style, he has like the Michael Jackson vibes with the red jacket. Yeah. Like that's cool. There's layers upon layers of Nakamura. And he's headed out the park. He's headed out the park. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and you got to have that too. Like, what are you going to learn if you keep, you know, wrestling people that are on your level? Yep. You you need to, you know, work with people that are more experienced or even lesser experienced to see where you're at. Like, you can't just, you know, keep working people that are literally with you. You don't grow. You don't evolve. I think, all right, now I'm going to put this out there. I'll put an NYWC memory in my head because I was there for this. And I'm probably, I'm going to take you back and you might've been on the show, Miss Foxy Foxy. So here we go. So I was at the Deer Park Community, uh, Deer Park Community Center. It was an old school Mikey Whipwreck. I'm going to throw a name back at you here. Dan Dynasty, one-on-one. -on -one. It was like, oh. right? Okay, here's a name yeah. for everybody, Dan Dynasty. So he wrestled like a hardcore match against Mikey River and they're fighting all over the community center. Right. Mm -hmm. So they, they pass where I was standing. Cause you know, they had the standing room only in there as well too. Right. Yep. So I'm up against the wall. <laughs> they're fighting right past me. And then as a 13 year old, and then you also feel like the, uh, the vibration and just the overall, you know, feel of it. 
He throws mm-hmm. the fireball and Dan Dynasty's face. <laughs> Breeze came right back at me, Foxy. I almost fell on my little butt ski as a freaking teenager, man, because that Breeze, oh, but I'm just yeah. saying, that's an old memory for you, the old fireball stuff, right? Wow, yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> I had to bring that up <laughs> as soon as we were talking about like different eras and stuff. But, you yeah, know, that was the thing back in the day. Like you mentioned, you and Cade with the whole uh, the Black Circle and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I'll mention NYWC here. I know you're doing your thing now with Excite, but they are, they've been killing it as well with everybody that they are going through. Like it's so great to see that promotion strive and you being a part of the legacy of that, Fox. Oh, absolutely. Because I still follow them because, you know. Uh, you know, Dan Barry still works for them and I follow everything that he does because it reconnecting with him when I came back was been amazing. So no, I, I still keep up because regardless of leaving and, you know, a lot of the guys that I do leaving at that time, it's like they're still they're still there. They're still doing their thing. And a lot of what I've done, you know, can be attributed from them. So. Right. And then that's the thing. And especially, I think you can agree with me. I'm not being just biased because we're New Yorkers here, Fox, but I got to say New York, some of the best training companies and some of the best promotions out there, man, you got to give it up to the Yawk. Yeah, I do. I mean, I train in Jersey, so I'm biased, but, but I will never deny never, especially back then. Cause there was not many. Now there's like a lot more, which is great for anyone that's willing to learn that there are definitely more choices as opposed to what we used to have, especially, you know, back in New York and Long Island, there wasn't really anywhere to go. And the abundance of it is amazing. A lot of that can be attributed to them. I was going to say, all right, there, Jersey, with your Jersey girl here with your, with your old Jersey, all pro wrestling with fat Frank rest in peace. And you have Azriel and all those people over there doing the thing at the friggin' Ridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. But you yeah, know, that, that's always been a thing. I've always said this. I don't know if you can agree with me on this. New York and New Jerseyans have always had like this kind of thing. And it's fucking dumb to be completely honest with you. I had to put that out there. I know that's kind of random. No, it's true. It is very true. In the late nineties, early two thousands, it was always New York wrestling versus New Jersey wrestling and Jersey and New York. They were hotbed, such right. a hotbed for such great shit. Like, you know, over here having JAPW and we had Jersey champions just wrestling. New York had like USA Pro and ICW and then later on had NYWC. It was insane. And the amount of invasion angles between like the New York companies, like LIWF and like JCW was always, it, something was always happening. Right. <laughs> And I think what's also great about it too, as well, like I look in pro wrestling and I especially look in LFC, what I always like about too, the open-mindedness and people will criticize. And first of all, I don't care what sexuality are, your orientation, what have you, if you're out there and you want to do the damn thing and you're working with me, I'm going to work with you. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Should not matter that like LFC, I've met so many girls, different orientations, different sex size, what have you. Doesn't matter as long as they're serious. Boom. The one thing I always say now, this especially goes with NXT. So Darren Young, well, men benching back in the day, openly gay, but we didn't find out until later on. But mm-hmm. the people that are looking at Quincy Elliott and just looking at that and just like, oh my God, what are they doing? Okay. Gold dust. Um, and he has like King Mabel vibe with what he's wearing and stuff, but I'm like, gold mm-hmm. dust, Rico Billion, Chuck and Rico. Like, there's always been so many flamboyant characters. And what I appreciate, he's openly gay, he's doing his thing. I'm happy, and he's another one that's going to be a fun part going on with NXT forward. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people, people get mad at that. Christopher Street Connection, right. Christopher Street Connection from you know the old New York days. Come on, all right, okay, all right, you're bringing up the New York days, man. All right, oh, nice. yeah. Fair enough, touche, but I'll even go back with the 80s. Adrian Street, hello, exotic Adrian mm-hmm. Street. Yep, yep, yep. Oh. 
But no, that that's the thing. And I mean, first of all, speaking of New York, I will say this. Like, I was looking at some more wrestling news. The fucking fact that the SATs are still killing it and doing it in their MLW. Because, <laughs> oh my God. No, here's the thing. I was there the first time I ever saw the Spanish effing fly. My friggin' blue mm-hmm. mind. I think they were facing a, oh my God, was it Burma and Mike Spinelli? There's some friggin'. Ah. They, oh, yes. It's friggin' SAT still doing the thing, man. Mm-hmm. Damn straight. Hell yes, but yeah, no, that's that's one of the things too. I love to see great people like yourself and everybody killing on that front. But also, I think of the days where you know where WWE has had evolution, and then we see more women main eventing over the years. And I think AEW what they're doing, they got a great division with uh, Chris Statlander, and now we're seeing Britt Baker. And I'm gonna say this right now: we can list the accoutrements of what we have at that women's division. But for you, seeing a lot of talents have come back, like a Daniel Bryan, like an Edge from neck surgery, neck injury. What do you think about Soraya being a part of that division? I'll over in AEW now. Uh, scared. Yeah. Okay. Scared. Scared for her. Um, more so because you know, you she already tried, and yeah. and it didn't pan out. She got injured again, and it's not saying it's going to happen again, but like not everybody is as lucky, you know. And you know, to be fair. Edge and Daniel Bryan, they they were gone a lot longer to heal and to recuperate and to do what they had to do to ensure that it wouldn't happen again. Whereas the first time she wasn't out for that long to truly heal and take care of herself. And she might have now, but it it's that it's scary. It's absolutely scary. See, I'm going to say this right now. I'm glad you brought this up because you actually sound like my dad with this because my dad is the one who got me into pro wrestling. So my dad, my dad with his 40 plus years of watching wrestling in my 20 plus years now. So for me, it's like I like hearing the different, you know, angles of what he says. And he said the exact same thing. He's like, all right, here's the difference here. Like she has tried, like you mentioned, but it's like if she takes one bad bump, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing. But also at the same time, it's also like what, what she's done and what we have. She hasn't wrestled in what, like five years? You know what I'm saying? I think so, I think so uh, yeah. And it's just like, I'm curious, but I'm also, you see, the way I feel about this, and mind you, Tegan Knox is still doing her thing, but I'm like, that poor girl has two knee braces and has messed up her knees. I'm like, and then one bad flop, that's it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm proceeding on the caution side, but I mean, I know a lot of people want to see her and Britt Baker go at it, but I'm like, yeah. you know. It's it's honestly that's I think a lot of pressure that unknowingly gets put on women in wrestling where we have a shelf life, you know, between age and weight and just being forgotten. We do have uh, we have a shelf life. And, you know, if she I think she feels that maybe if she doesn't come back, people are going to forget who she is, which unfortunately is very likely you know up until recently when they started bringing women back for like the women's rumble people forgot who summer ray was yes you know or um uh, people forgot who ascana was yes you know we, we have a shelf life whereas you know if you've done as much amazing things as edge or a daniel bryan you don't have to wrestle anymore people will still remember you but you know the women we're we're forgettable Unfortunately, we're easily replaceable with something better. And I think her wanting to return and get in the ring, again, it's that fear and that pressure of if I don't do something, what I've done is going to be gone. 
Okay. First and foremost, I don't mean to laugh at as soon as you like. Nobody cares about who, who Oksana was. And I don't mean to I don't mean to laugh at that. But like that was a gimmick like that started with like NXT, like the later days of NXT. And then she mm-hmm. was then she was with Cesaro and then she was with Goldust. But like again, that's like 10 years ago now, which it which mm-hmm. is crazy to think about. And I mean yeah. with Summer Ray, like look, I like Summer Ray. And we talked about the LFL earlier because she comes from that background and badass football player and then NXT. So Okay, like when people think of Summer Rae, they think of Fandango. They think mm-hmm. maybe a little bit with Ruru, <laughs> the Ruru. I know, but I think well, that was, again, when that happened, that was, again, like nine years ago. So, I mean, it's still kind of, I feel you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have a shelf life. And again, when something else comes along, we're forgettable. Whereas when another guy wrestler comes along, you don't forget who edges. You don't forget who did. Okay, here's a great example. So, I trained with, and I'm still friends with, a lovely lady on the independent scene named Kara. Others might, might remember her as Cherry from WWE. But again, unfortunately, replaceable, forgettable. And within the past two years, she has not only seen, but I've seen it happen where people are deep diving back into the the Divas era. And when it started to flourish more and they're like, holy shit, this chick, where'd she go? What is she doing now? And like her following has grown more now that she's done, you know, but now it's a matter. It's again, we have a shelf life and we're quote unquote forgettable. Okay. We have to talk about this. And you made me smile bringing up that name because I used to love her theme, number one. And number two, we talk about the valets. Beautiful part of what made Deuce and Domino the attraction that they were with the 50s gimmick. All right, I'm going to bring this up with her. So I saw a recent photo of her not too long ago. First of all, girl still looks amazing. I think she's like in her 40s, like and badass. So you train, you train with the chair. I'm going to call her that. you You train with the chairster. She goes to OVW. And mm-hmm. she's doing the gimmick with Deuce and Diamond. Then they bring her up to the main. And then she goes solo. And she's still doing her thing. Like, I think with her, and I've always enjoyed her character. I know she's done, like, a couple, like, battle royals. But really hasn't been in a Royal Rumble for the females. Mm-hmm. Like, I can relate to that. Because I'm like, okay, it's nostalgia. I grew up watching Cherry in my teenage years. Boom. So I can agree with you hardly on that. And I think it's a shame. Because a lot of this day and age doesn't know, like, oh, who Cherry is and what they appreciate. But also, I got to say, the network also kind of helps. For people to go watch, you know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. And like we, we, her and I re reconnected just before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, we had lost actual touch when she went there. So to hear, because she's done several interviews since, and just to hear the things that she did when she left Jersey and everything was just like, whoa, girl, mm-hmm. you know, and what she did do was so like slept upon because again, she was managing during a time where it was women's wrestling, you know, and she was managing and they got her in the ring and nobody, nobody really appreciated the fact that she even still was so indie that it was all character based. Cause you know, she would get in the ring to have a match or two and it looked like she didn't know how to do anything, but she knows how to wrestle. She's just blatantly said, her character was very shy, very timid. Why am I going to pull out all these moves that I know I could do when my character doesn't? I'm like, girl, 
that's indie thinking. And nobody really puts that much stock into character these days anymore, unfortunately, you know, like, it sucks. <laughs> some of them do. Don't get me. Some of them do. But like, you know, someone like Alexa Bliss, she's even said it where she has these really badass moves as a baby face, but she never does them as a heel. And she even says, why am I going to do that as a heel? It's doesn't, it doesn't work. But yeah, Cherry, she was, Cherry was very, very slept upon. And then again, unfortunately forgotten about until as of recently. And it's amazing to see that people are finally recognizing a lot of these older, not older, uh, previous women that did pave the way for what is happening right now okay now i'm gonna add on to that because i love that you said that you know why would i do like alexa bliss does like the twisted bliss and she would do what face but then as a heel she did like the sister abigail like modification with like a ddt Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about this here so what used to drive me nuts was and i love i'll give you an example like i love aj styles aj styles amazing there's no denying he's phenomenal pun intended but like when you're doing like a springboard 450 as a heel and I'm like, that's a baby face move. It gets more cheers. It's like, you might want to get rid of the 450, like flashy moves, love them, high octane aerial assault. But when you're a heel, you know, you have to be more ground game, a little more cheat ski action. You know what I'm saying? Work the ropes, grind the face on the ropes. You know what I'm saying? Poke an eye, boom. Like Piper, I'll always say Roddy Piper is one of the best heels because he didn't do much. It was just boom. I'm going to get you in a sleep. I'm going to rake the eye. I'm going to mm-hmm. slam you. Boom. Like stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? There needs to be that transition from baby face moves to heel moves. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the thing too. And now I'm going to say this about you here, because I think like you're a white meat baby face now, you know, with your, with your hippie hippity do flowers in your hair looking as only. Mm -hmm. All right. And I I mean that with love just because (laughs) I got to say the hippie vibes are on, on fleek here, man. But (laughs) But that's the heel. Or a baby face. I think you could possibly be one of the many ones that can really do her job as a face and as a heel. Like, I love it. I respect you. I'm not saying this because you're my friend, but God dang it, man. Like, I could easily hate you. I love you. It's a nice little balance. (laughs) Believe it or not, the first show I did when I came back, I was a heel. Yes. And I had the same look. Okay. Like, but I tweaked a little bit so that it was more like Midsommar cult leader as opposed to like gypsy hippie witch. And it went over really well. So, and then being a baby face everywhere else, I'm like, all right, I'll just tweak it a little bit. You know, I'll just be my normal witchy self. And people loved it. I'm like, okay, I really like being a cult leader, but okay. <laughs> I really like being a cult leader, but okay. I like being a cult leader. <laughs> All right. Now, well, first of all, I'm going to say this right now. Besides that, put that on a T-shirt. You've also instilled something that will now be in my brain and should actually be a hashtag indie thinking. And we're going to touch upon this. Here. I indie, like that. Indie thinking. And here's why I love that you coined this here. There's a lot of people that think like, you know, do this, do this, do this. And you're thinking like you're still on the indies when you still, you know, you're on the main roster now, representation of the presentation. You got to get the indie thinking a little bit out the, out the driver's seat. You know what I'm saying? Put it in the rear view if you will. But here's the thing, like you're managing, I'm ring announcing now doing my thing thing for LFC. Like for me, it's nerve wracking. You're in front of people, you get nervous, but once you get into that, you know, 
you're the person that has to hype up the crowd, make sure why make realize why this person's important. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just amplify yourself. What I love about learning about that too, as well, it's like, man, I'm just thinking about showboating and chucking and jiving. It's like, no, if you have that standstill prowess, but you're also amplifying yourself, you don't need the flashy stuff and just, the, you know, this like this. You just have to be stand front and then boom, you know what I'm saying? Amplify. This, mm-hmm. is, why this is important. Get your shit in the right way, if you, if you will. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Makes total sense. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, we're doing our thing now, ring announcing. You're doing your managing thing as always, man. We got important parts in our roles, my friend, and we do it to the best of our abilities. And I love your passion box. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to say this right now, folks. So with the tie-in, I'm going to say this with Andre Fighting Championship, the message I convey within this show, I said at the beginning, beauty, strength, and dominance for you. It's a mindset. It's not just the name of this podcast, but what does, I'm going to ask this, but I put you a little deep in here, Fox Rooney. Okay. Strength and dominance. What does beauty, strength, and dominance mean to Foxy Foxy? Uh, being comfortable in your own skin. Um, and I could say that factually because that's where I'm at now. Whereas years ago, you know, I'm 18 trying to pretend to be a woman, you know, I'm, growing in wrestling while trying to act like I'm in my 30s. Whereas now I'm 41, I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm comfortable with how I look. I don't give a crap about how other people see me. And it feels amazing to feel that way. And that just exudes no matter what. So I truly feel it's just being comfortable with who you are because if you're not, people are going to notice if you're not comfortable in your skin, if you're not confident in yourself, people are going to see little things where it's like, she's, mm, mm, I mean, she's pretty, but, uh, but if you own it and you own yourself, world of difference. I mean, there's a world of difference just in me doing this show now, as opposed to the one that we did a few years ago. Yeah, (laughs) I think we've grown as people. And I mean, but I've I've told you this straight up, like I had my issues a year and a half ago and I was really going down a dark path. And I think what saved me was my spiritual side, getting back in tone with God. But besides the spiritual factor, and I think that goes hand in hand because it does work for a lot of people. But I think for me, it's like we make our own decisions. And I think as we become older, we become wiser. And we also have that we don't give a fuck what people think about us as we get into our 30s and you in your 40s, ma'am. But also at the same time, it's like we know who we are. We love ourselves and we have to make the decision of, do we want to go this direction and steer ourselves on the right path and move onward and upward and see where this life takes us? Or do we want to go down the destructive world where there's nothingness and there's going to be an eternal damnation and our path is ended, the roads closed, dead end, however you want to identify it. So I think that's just the choices and the changes that we make in our lives that really help us for the better with our experiences, you know? Oh, absolutely. And for, for way too long, I gave too much of a shit about what people thought about me. way too much of a shit now i just don't care (laughs) it has been like the best most freeing feeling ever it's like i don't care it's it's the same thing (laughs) with this like I, I come from a Catholic family, right? Love God. My mom actually for a short time when I was a kid, not very long, but she like taught Sunday school at the local church where I used to live on Long Island. So I've been surrounded by that. I love God. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that, you know, God has given me great people in my life to be friends with, including yourself, you son of a gun. But also at the same time, it meets different layers and different avenues of where life takes me. But at the same time, like I do lingerie fighting championships and there's going to be some family members going to be looking at you like, 
what are you doing? I'm like, but if you, it's the open-mindedness of really explaining what you do and people like you can see it and many people see it. The same thing with wrestling. Like, oh God, you're doing that wrestling stuff. And I don't need to put the uh to it, but people have that groan about it. when you're, Yeah. That's the thing too. It's like, you're comfortable with what you do. You love what you do. You can also change perspectives. You can open people's minds. And I think that's what we're doing as people, especially in the pro wrestling world there, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhat kind yeah. of be optimistic with it, you know? No, it's. I mean, it's true because uh, in August when we did a we did an outside show at a big festival, there was this little girl that just was like enamored with me, and she's such a cutie pie, and you know she was like, I'm just, I'm, she, she never worried. Her mom was telling me, you know, she adores you, and she's literally not like you know a girly girl. And I'm like, neither am I. I'm like, I'm like, I'm wearing a dress out there, like, but. I'm about to put on my ripped jeans and my flannel. It's like, you know, it, it's fine to be both or one day just feel you want to be more feminine than the rest. Me saying that made such an impact because the next show, the little girl came with her mom again and she wore a dress because she wanted to look like me. I'm like, oh my God. And she felt comfortable wearing the dress because she was still being she wore them with like combat boots and it was like the most adorable thing in the world but it's these little things so yeah you leave an impact you know in a slight way i think everybody when it comes to little girls like that who adore you and just people that you you know you can evoke emotions and i mentioned striking a chord i think everybody has that little say of it again it could be the most minute detail where you can help someone out and you really don't know like the stuff whether it be kindness or how you conduct yourself that it really works and i think that's what makes a blessing about what we do as a performers that we are foxeroony yeah <laughs> i will say this couple things before we do close this out well first of all mm-hmm. no- one you and i will definitely do another one of these shows and it's always a blast talking to you behind the mic and in front of the mic box yeah definitely (laughs) it's awesome thank you but now for you as well i gotta ask man now for the writing side of things because i've talked about this like for me in the future i'd love to do some book writing man talk about the beauty strength and dominant message what's the dealio going with the book man Mm. uh well several things uh it's 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 in its final draft okay um but i've taken I want to say a slight hiatus because a lot of the things that have been going on and with me and wrestling now feel like closure with a lot of the stuff that was already written so I've been writing those experiences down to place into the book itself because it's like this whole full circle thing that's been going on it's been amazing um but also it's on slight hiatus because I lost my flash drive (laughs) Oh, okay. I don't need to let this one just go. I lost my flash drive. Like, I can understand, okay, maybe slight hiatus. It happens with anybody, you know, writer's block or any particular craft, like we mentioned here in today's show, Fox. But you're just going to come out here and just talk about I lost my flash drive. Gone. Caputo. Finito. I mean, I I have one of the drafts on uh, saved on my Google Drive, but it wasn't where I was when it came to the final draft. So, uh, I have to take my physical copies that I printed out with all the edits and re-input them, uh, which is it's going to be a long process, but I'll make it work. Uh, the, the shittiest part about losing the fast drive, which is why I closed my Patreon too, is everything I made for Patreon was on that flash drive. Like all of my 
Foxy reacts videos to old footage or like, like deleted scenes that I took out of the book that I still wanted people to hear about, but didn't need it in the book. Everything was on that. It's frustrating. Okay. Well, I will say (laughs) (laughs) again, don't mean to laugh, but this stuff like this, it's kind of funny. It is, but I will say this when that book does come into fruition, I'll be reading it, ma'am. I'll be definitely reading it. Yay. Got you. So before we close this out and we close out your flash drive, literally and figuratively speaking, please promote where we can find you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Where can we follow you, Fox? Okay. On every social media platform, I am at Viva Foxy Foxy. That's V-I-V-A-F-O-X-X-Y. Wait, F-O-X-Y. F-O-X-X-Y. That's my handle on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok. Facebook, YouTube, like all of them have the same handle. I am not hard to find. Uh, And if anyone's ever interested in a show, I put the show schedule up monthly. That way, if you're in the New Jersey, Long Island, upstate New York, or even Pennsylvania area, you can come down and catch us live. Um, And Excite Wrestling is on Twitch. They do stream the show live as well as keep it up for a good month or two in case you missed it. That's twitch.tv slash Excite Wrestling. Go out of your way to watch it. It's one of the best doggone independents out there, man. Support professional wrestling. Support independent pro wrestling. I haven't said that in a while, but it's so true. (laughs) Support it. That's what made me a fan in high school. Oh, my goodness. Now, I will say this as well. Links will be in the description. And Foxy does a beautiful job on your Facebook promoting where you're going to be in the events so people can follow. That'll be in there as well. Twitter, Instagram, and the old ticket to talk. So I got to ask you, first and foremost, I've always loved your handles, Aviva Foxy Foxy. Because when I think of Viva, I think of Viva Las Vegas. Why'd you add the Viva in there, man? Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was a it was a joke originally, on like the J Lo thing because she she's Jennifer Lopez, but she shortened her name to just the J and then the first initials of her last name. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So when I did that with my name, I took my first initial, which was V, and the first two letters of my last name. And it came out to Viva. I'm like, that's awesome. So, <laughs> so if it, at first it started just as like a J-Lo joke, but then it was like, I kind of like it because it's like long live Foxy Foxy type of thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, perfect. I like that. That's nice of the uniqueness. Like, can we talk about nuances? But Foxy, when people think of Viva, they either think Viva Las Vegas, they think mm-hmm. La Vida Loca. So I'm just saying, man, you're mixing like a little bit of Wayne Newton and Ricky Martin up in there. Yeah. I'm just saying. That explains my personality if you really think about it. True. All right. As, as <laughs> I say this as long as I've known you. Uh, I, I can I can attest to that, folks, when it comes to the Viva side of the Fox Rooney here. But yeah, no. Okay. It makes sense. I like your style. I like, I like your style. Well, <laughs> the, the links will be in the description. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, where you can also see the 11, evolution, excuse me, of the Foxster over here doing her thing from the 96 onward. EST 96. I'm putting it out there like that, folks. All right. Hell yes. So, Foxy, I will say this as well. Before we even close this out and I do my final thing thing here, do you have any final words to say to the LFC fans listening to this and to the faithful that have been supporting you and the pro wrestling thing thing you've been doing? Uh, just, you know, keep having fun. Have fun with watching it. Have fun with doing it. And do not give a damn about what anybody has to say or think about it. 
Absolutely. We have some powering forces in the lingerie fighting championship and in professional wrestling, especially this lovely lady here. So go out of your way, support independent wrestling, support pro wrestling, support women's wrestling, do what you do, love what you do, and keep staying on the grind and keep staying on your path. And LFCfights.com is where you can see this show. We got the LFC network on Roku, man, where you can see shows like this and many other quality content. The Roku, I'm not talking about Hoku being another dumb blonde. I'm talking about the Roku on the Roku network, folks. So check out all the content, LFCfights.com. Don't make me laugh. You guys could check out this show and many others. And as I always say to close this out, probably one of the most passionate son of a guns I know, that being you. Beauty, strength, and dominance, the three key elements that make women the work of art that they are. And viva Foxy Foxy, Foxy Foxy, I include you in those sentiments. Thank you as always, Fox. No problem. Thank you, love.